Welcome back. Welcome back to Radio Islam. This is your host, Tariq el and you caught me in the middle of a laugh. I was we laugh here at Radio Islam. Anyway, we are here on WCEV 1450 AM and we are streaming at WCEV1450.com. Remember, folks, if you are just tuning in, if you're just tuning in, you don't know this. So keep up with us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Radio Islam USA. Stop by RadioSlam.com. Check out all of our past episodes. If you're a podcaster, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Google Play, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts. Tune in. Look for us at Radio Islam USA. All right, Radio Islam family. Uh, we had some really uh, great news about a uh, terrible uh, uh, situation, a terrible humanitarian crisis. Uh, but great news in the sense that it is being called exactly what it is. Uh, earlier today, the House approved a resolution calling persecution of Myanmar Muslims a genocide in contrast with what? With uh well, in contrast with Trump's silence, I basically just gave you the direct title uh, from a Washington Post article. Right. But this is the reality of where we are. And a big part of uh, the agitation that has that has got us to the movement that we that we see today, that we are uh, so happy to see, has been the Burma Task Force uh, and uh, the Burma Task Force. We have uh, we have one of the. One of the folks that are that are pushing along, uh, as you all know, uh, the Burma Task Force is chaired by um, Sound Vision founder and president uh, Abdul Malik Mujahid, uh, and we have the media director for uh, Burma Task Force, Jamie Merchant. He is uh, here joining us in the studio. Uh, welcome. Thank you very much. All right, and of course, I'm going to go ahead and uh, ask him to cut his mic on. The impressive one, assistant producer Ibrahim Baig. Assalamu alaikum. Nice to be with you. Alaikum assalam. Always. Uh, so, uh, Jamie, frame kind of help help those who may not know about the uh, atrocities, about this genocide that has been taking place, uh, and also about the work that has been uh, that's been going on behind the scenes to get us to this point where we have this uh, resolution that's being passed. Yeah. So, the the violent persecution and mass displacement and honestly mass murder of the Rohingya Muslims in the country now known as Myanmar, formerly known as Burma, has been going on for quite some time in that country. Mm-hmm. It has seen a, a major escalation and an uptick in the severity and the intensity of the of the um, of the conflict with the government over the last and the military over the last few years. And now there's something like close to a million uh, estimates fluctuate, but close to a million stateless Rohingya stationed in just in Bangladesh in the refugee camps there uh, with hundreds of thousands spread across the other countries of Southeast Asia and the South Pacific. So that's that's it's been a just an, a crisis that's endemic to that part of the world for several uh, decades now, and it's been getting only worse. So a big part of the, the kind of um, strategic chess match that Burma Task Force has been playing in this, to, in this crisis to try to help the Rohingya has been to achieve some kind of formal declaration of what's happening to them as uh, being a genocide, which if once something is declared to be a genocide, it carries major, um, form, major international obligations, legal international obligations to do something about it. Right. Um, 
international the what is known as the international community quote unquote is then formally obligated to in some way intervene in a substantive way to try to rectify the situation because genocide is seen as something it's it's the red line that cannot be crossed right um and tolerated so the fact that the house of representatives today did in fact make their official stance on this issue that it is that it does constitute genocide mm-hmm. is pretty big deal and i want to mention that that bill was approved uh that resolution was approved by a vote of 394 to one yeah who's that one yeah, that, I think that's like right. We need to talk about who this who this individual is. Um, I looked it up. It was a representative from Arizona. Uh, I forgot his name. Republican representative from Arizona. Really? Um, hmm. I, I, that's an interesting segue because I wanted to ask this. It seems as the uh, resolution was more so framed on the surface as a condemnation of what's happening to these journalists, um, and then the genocide issue was was kind of accompanying that mm-hmm. was that a strategy that was used to make it um more appealing to people or more, or, or was that just kind of a coincidence no it's definitely it's not a coincidence the the issue of these these two reuters journalists and their um detainment in in Myanmar has been it's i mean it's been on the front burner for some time now mm-hmm. and i think I mean, I'm I'm sort of just speculating here, but I would I would probably think that when the sponsors of the resolution came forward with it in the House, they they were using that issue of the imprisoned journalists as a kind of uh, leverage point to to get broader support for it, because um, you know these are it's seen as that's that that too is seen as like a very grave you know human rights um, violation, cracking down on freedom of the press, freedom of speech, and thought. Yeah, especially so, what's yeah. happening right now with the whole Khashoggi and everything. Yes, yes. Uh, very, very interesting uh, uh, point to bring up. Um, do we know who were the sponsors of the resolution? Uh, Ed Royce is one. He's a Republican, um, and there are several others. Um, but he's he's been Royce has been one of the the main actual uh, leaders in the charge for this. Mm. Um, yeah, Engel is another. Okay. Now, when it comes to uh, when it comes to being labeled a genocide, and of course, you know, we we look at the International Criminal Court uh, that that being an option to hold those accountable. Um, what are the? And of course, you know, we, we're just at step one. But right. what in, in the foreseeable future? How do you see that process uh, taking place? Um, because now we have to. Now there's a there's an international mandate that you know it can't just not it's not just going to come from one particular nation now it's a it's a team effort now mm-hmm. so uh, how do you see that um developing well the yeah the, the the specific issue of the court is kind of complicated since um it I, I think it kind of brings out the divisions within the the US government right now on the issue i mean the house was able to pass this resolution but you know it's not a law yeah. it's not some kind of binding sure. um policy statement about what we're definitely going to do and the fact of the matter is we still have secretary of state you know mike pompeo um one of trump's guys at least as of now who hasn't who has not so far been willing to call it genocide, basically everything but, um, even though the Department of State produced its own exhaustive report on, on what's been happening um, in, in that country. Yeah. So 
it's not clear where the administration is going to go or where the Department of State is going to go at this point, especially, I mean, I, I believe recently, you know, uh, John Bolton, Trump's, he's the ambassador to the UN, I think, for mm-hmm. Trump. Um, or in any case, no, one no, of Trump's, national security, no, national security advisor. Yeah. Uh, one of you know, one of his top lieutenants said that the the ICC's staff should be like tried for war crimes or something like that. So I don't, I don't think the administration is <laughs> very it's, it's, anti. Uh, he's anti international like institutions oh, yeah. and stuff. Yeah. yeah, he's extremely America first. But even though even though this isn't a law, it simply is a resolution. Right. But there is, it does show that there is at least a political will to publicly state this is where we're at yeah. uh what does this say to the rest of the world uh yeah it just it, it sends it does send a message regardless of the fact that like we were just saying there are these clear divisions in um the u.s government it does send a very clear statement especially when it comes down to 394 to one you know a, a vote that one-sided that the at least the the legislative wing of the government in this country is very clear on what their position is here. Um, And, I mean, it's just a matter of people sort of seeing that and taking it for what it is. I mean, it is a very, very strong public statement, right? Um, So whether or not that translates into actual um, policy and action is a different, will be a different question. But it's definitely like a step towards, closer towards making that possible. Well, like, say domestically, when a natural disaster happens, right, people are suffering and so on, once a quote-unquote state of emergency is declared, that gets rid of a lot of the red tape and uh, government and everything moves into a different mode. Is is it was What we witnessed today, is that that kind of a milestone where once this word, this term genocide is being used, that we're kind of kicked into a, a different gear now when it comes to the international community like responding and yeah in any Hopefully. case yeah yeah like definitely the fact that that um again like one the major um you know the popular half of the american legislative uh part of the go- of its government has declared this to be a genocide they the, just the mere fact that they use that word you know that carries technical very technical uh consequences um, and legal consequences is very significant, and it'll be seen. It will resonate, you know, across the world, especially for people who pay attention to international affairs. Other leaders, of, heads of state, will will sit up and pay attention, because regardless of what you think of it, the fact that this happens, um, if you if you see a declaration like this being made, it could lead one to easily conclude that well, maybe in the future we're going to be closer to actually, you know, ahead the head of the U.S. state, like whether it's Trump or not saying that um that this is genocide um i, I think also uh, i'd like to hear both of you all thoughts on this um domestically right the use of the the term genocide especially you know we think about um you know our own history here the united states if you think about the native americans um that it has a, a i think a certain resonance with us as a nation uh, do you think now that this term has been applied to uh, the Rohingya that uh, there will be maybe more, I don't necessarily know if I want to say an outpouring of uh, of sympathy or concern uh, among just Americans in general now with regard to it? Yeah, or go ahead. No, well, I mean, I certainly hope so. There was, 
I felt like this is one this is one of those tragedies where people were very slow to uh recognize it and to acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. It was one of those tragedies that was very far away from people's hearts and minds and they, and they were ready to just kind of dismiss it as maybe exaggerated or this and that but as, as time goes on that's become more and more impossible for doing hopefully this is that nail in the coffin to that dismissiveness and that you know just passing the buck and just pretending like it's just of whatever dispute and, and believing like the the Myanmar government's claims mm-hmm. that they're trying to root out terrorists or something like that um, hopefully this is the the end of that type of dismissive mentality at least I've got to bring something up uh, the the slowness right this delayed reaction um, I think we can see that in uh, just in our, our major press outlets uh, I saw an ad from the New York Times I think two days ago and it was all about uh, Myanmar it was about you know about the 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 genocide that's taking place there and uh it it talked about it said something to the effect of um some we sent some people there they got sick right in air quotes they got sick uh they snuck into the camps interviewed the children and they told us what happens and and it was all to say you know we've gone the extra mile now although i think that's great that we have a major um a major you know uh paper you know, a story paper that's out there and is, and is covering this. Uh, it's also interesting that when we think about um, those who have been advocating from the private sector, you know, like the Burma Task Force, uh, have been doing this for quite some time. Uh, and we are just now getting to the point that we have a major uh, newspaper, a major news outlet that is publicly also putting it out there and doing so in a way to kind of uh, bolster their own um, you know, most of their own uh, rigor and, and, and value as a as as a, as a news outlet. So yeah. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, I you you we may see an uptick in uh, attention to that that part of the world and to this issue as a result of this resolution. Hopefully, we will um, yeah. in the U.S. media sphere. But I mean, the truth is that it it has it hasn't been totally neglected. Um, I mean, the U.S. media at least the ones that pay attention to international affairs like the like the post and new york times and so on mm-hmm. they have they have kept one eye on this right they have reported on it fairly fairly frequently yeah. it's just that now so much gets drowned in just the unending chorus of like the trump show in dc you Fair know enough. every day is Fair just enough. sort of like the drama of what's unfolding in dc and his tweets take page 1 top of the fold and almost everything else gets washed to the side. And, um, you know, like TV, radio, newspaper, they're just transfixed by it. So, like, part of the challenge for organizations like Burma Task Force is, like, cutting through that noise, you know, to get the, like, the real implications of, like, what's happening out into the, the consciousness of the broader public. Hmm. Um, the The ethnic cleansing and genocide against the Rohingya has been going on for several years now yeah. in, in kind of in full force I think last year maybe pr- fairly recently in this in this whole saga the uh, Kachin Christian minority also yeah. came under attack so so mm-hmm. the so the Myanmar government they had this kind of model of what to do with the Rohingya and then that they saw that working and the world pretty much if not being silent and being at least kind of um, asleep 
<laughs> yeah, not immediately, like, urgently concerned with it. So they saw their model work, and then now it seems that they're applying that same model to another minority, Christian minority, the Kachin people. Now, when that happened, do you think that was kind of also a major turning point as far as garnering sympathy from the U.S. government and people in, in Congress, too, here? That's a great question. Yeah, like the, the, the recent turn to the Kachin um community i do think that that could have definitely played a role in rallying support especially among the more conservative like types Mm -hmm. who maybe didn't notice it you know until i mean the house passed a similar resolution a few years ago when isis was persecuting christians in iraq Mm -hmm. um in 2015 i think right they called that genocide so the fact that yeah the um the Burmese military has turned its guns on Christians which also they've been actually fighting for like decades but the fighting has just intensified recently mm-hmm. um similar to the Rohingya issue that that could have definitely played a role in getting more attention um I mean I don't have anything on the record I can point to but it's plausible yeah what are some of the things now I mean the resolution is definitely a uh it, it's it's a positive it's you know it's, it's a great um, it's an achievement for where we are, where mm-hmm. we are right now. But what are some of the things that our listeners need to know that want to uh, support? Uh, because there have been plenty of calls for people to to make call their their, their representatives and elected officials. Uh, what are some of the what are some of the next steps? What are some of the things that folks need to do- know moving forward? I would maybe say first, um, any given citizen could look up their representative and and be you know 99% certain not exactly but quite certain that their representative voted in favor of this since almost every representative voted in favor of this resolution and so you they can Arizona. they can simply start yeah except for one one rep in Arizona everyone except the people in that district um, can call their can just start if they'd like to tomorrow by calling their representative's office and talking to a staff member or, or someone there and just giving their thanks for, for their representative showing the courage to stand up against, right, um, genocidal tyranny. There um, were a few non-voters too, right? I think like 30-something who did not vote. Oh, there were abstentions. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. okay. Either abstentions or they just didn't vote for whatever reason. Yeah, 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 yeah that could be. Um, but, yeah. Three hundred. How many was it? Three hundred ninety-four. Three ninety-four. Yeah, yeah that's, it's that's pretty big. Huge. So that's that's an immediate thing. It's like five hundred of them, right? Um, or close to close to four fifty-ish. Yeah, I think I think it's around four fifty-ish. Yeah, we should probably know that, but <laughs> um, but yeah, but that's that's a really that's that's one easy thing that that people can do. The other thing is to uh, visit online the. Uh, the resources of organizations like Burma Task Force and other um, great uh, outfits that work on these and this and similar issues, um, you know, like as their job, and who are always looking for talented and passionate people who, um, yeah, have a passion for, for justice to get involved in, in many different ways, not just calling representatives, but all kinds of different things. Yeah. Um. Okay, so this is a non-binding resolution in the House. Does the Senate need to do anything next? Or uh, basically, what's the next step that happens after this? The next step for an organization like us, and I think for any any friends of the Rohingya, would be for the Secretary of State, uh, his office, to come out on the record and call it genocide. 
mm-hmm. because that's, you know, as the main diplomatic wing of the U.S. government, that would be essentially stating the foreign policy position of the U.S. government. Um, now, the question of, like, how that will interface with the military and with the executive branch more closely, that and, like, the Senate, that's another issue. But I think... If we can get a, if we could get a official pronouncement like that from the secretary of, from the Department of State, it would make like the official view of the of U.S. the U.S. foreign policy establishment that this is a genocide, and that would be another really big step. What would be the the ultimate means of then not punishing, but at least censoring and you know condemning? Would it be like sanctions against Myanmar? Would that be one of the the ultimate goals, or what? That's the so comprehensive sanctions minus food and medicine is the official position of Burma Task Force as the the, the tool for leverage uh, that that could potentially compel the Burmese government to the bargaining table over this issue because otherwise out, outside of military intervention it's not clear exactly what can what can be relied on to you know coerce a, like coerce a government like a rogue regime to the bargaining table um, so yeah, so that's that's the main that's the main demand there, um, and yeah, that's okay. the main one. Yeah. Um, all right, so say thank you. All right, I just want to reiterate that saying thank you uh, to our rep- representatives who are, uh, you know, it's not perfect, but the system uh, it, it does work when it when it shows up. Uh, so the fact that they've done this and now we're looking for um, for the secretary of state uh, and I don't know, I, I think that certainly I'm a bit more pe- pessimistic about that, considering that I don't, I don't expect uh, for uh, Panetta to say anything differently. Or Pompeo. Pompeo, I'm saying yeah, yeah. Pompeo to same say anything here. differently uh, than uh, than Trump would. Yeah, same. Here. Well, Vice President Mike Pence has been uh, somewhat vocal recently. Yeah. So that's, you know, some sl- a positive sign. Yeah, so man. You know what? I, I really, you know, I, I'm, I'm wringing my hands that you bring this up so late in the because uh, <laughs> we just got a few minutes left. But uh, I think there's a story behind that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I sure. think that's more about the aspirations of a President Pence. Oh, you think so? Yeah, absolutely. I Yeah, there's a story that I would agree with with Tariq on that. I think there's a story to be told there. But, yeah. yeah. So, um, we'll, we'll it has s- to do with the with like the, the, his support amongst the Christian base and acting for like the you know the Christians who are being persecuted in the country and how he has to be seen as a strong representative of that community, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, and I think also just in terms of being presidential, yeah, you know, having some type of uh, just you know expressing empathy. But I, I'll, I'll defer. I'll say that comes after you know um, catering to his base. Yeah, I think that that definitely is first. Yeah, so. Yeah, that that's that's going to be interesting to see how that uh, continues to play out. So um, we have been talking with Jamie Merchant, media director for the Burma Task Force. Uh, as we said at the top of the uh, this segment, the House, the United States House, uh, they approved overwhelmingly a resolution labeling the persecution of the uh, Rohingya Muslims uh, in Burma, Myanmar, uh, as a genocide. So. It's a non-binding resolution, but it is a public proclamation, and hopefully, it sets the stage for um, for for further um, proclamations and, and actions to uh, to intervene on their behalf. So, uh, inshallah, with God's permission. So that's uh, yeah, that's where we are. 
So reach out to your uh, representatives, say thanks, and say keep up the, the work. So uh, thank you, Jamie. Appreciate you. Naturally. Yeah. And, uh, and also, uh, let's keep the Burma Task Force and all those other uh, organizations that are advocating on behalf of the Rohingya uh, in our dua, in our prayer. All right. All right. So uh, that is it, folks. Uh, we thank you for joining us, and we thank our sponsor, the Zakat Foundation. We thank our engineers over at WCEV for making sure we come through loud and clear. I'm your host, Tariq al Our executive producer is Abdul Malik Mujahid. Uh, we remind you that the views expressed by the host and or guest are theirs and not to be taken as a representation of Sound Vision Foundation. And with that, we leave you as we greeted you. Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Thank you.